welcome to the See You Next Time podcast. I'm Raul Rodriguez, and here's with me my bootstrap bill to my will turner, Billy Bullahan. Not your dad. You could have said to your Davy Jones, and I was going to say, uh, I, Captain. I, 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 no, I, I, you I, could I be the Davy Jones uh, to my Jack Sparrow. Do you fear death? And then it's like, oh, hey, I didn't know Dean was here because he's all Scottish and stuff. Oh, my God. Yes. Today we're doing the next part of the Pirates saga. I think it's still one of the best sequels of a franchise. We're talking about Pirates of the Caribbean 2, The Men's Chest. I will go so far as to say it is a perfect sequel and one of the best sequels of all time. I'm not joking. Uh, honestly, it, it could be in the pantheon of perfect sequels, like The Empire Strikes Back, Blade Runner 2049, Spider-Man 2, Trek 2, Kung Fu Panda 2, How to Train Your Dragon 2, Catching Fire. Catching Fire is a good one. Oh, I see. Catching Fire is really what damn you're doing good. There, you clever mm-hmm, bastard. Mm-hmm. Scream 2. Well, uh, well, I don't know. Well, not Scream 2. I'll say Scream 4 hey. for sure. Yeah, I don't know about Scream 2. Yeah, is that a perfect sequel? Yeah, it's it a is. good movie, but is it a perfect sequel? I don't know. Yeah, that's true. A perfect sequel is well, more also, spoiled. it has to leave an impact on the franchise. I don't think Scream 2 really did that. Yeah, you're going to write, though. Scream 4 left more of an impact in the franchise. It was a good one. Oh, my God. Well, How to Train Your Dragon 2? Yeah, the the three DreamWorks sequels, Shrek 2, How to Train Your Dragon 2, and Kung Fu Panda 2. And the fucking cat, Puss in Boots 2, The Last oh, Wish. Oh, The Last Wish. That's a Well, we need to see if there's a sequel to that so it can continue the franchise. They would be crazy not to. But it's still technically number two of his yes. series. Yes, we need more Perito. Oh, my God. Paddington 2? Paddington 2, yeah. It, Terminator Remus 2, Aliens, too. you know, all. I guess we're just devolving. But anyway, I know, what we're trying I know. to tell you guys is this is a really, really good movie. It's a really damn good movie. I think it's Gore Verbinski's best movie. Ooh. Like from a filmmaking standpoint. And yes. As a, from a story standpoint, everything about it just works. Mm. This could have easily gone in a very True. bad direction. True. And everything that they chose to do was perfect. And everything about, well, for the most part, it's not a perfect movie, mm-hmm. but for the most part, most of this holds up, especially the CG on Is the Jones. CGI, and also, you know what? Because this movie came out at the time where we also had the Matrix sequels almost at the same year. Because I think Matrix did it first and then Pirates did it over like releasing the sequels like almost a year apart. Matrix, the story Matrix didn't work a lot, but in this one worked even better, specifically with the cliffhanger. No, so talking about one of the best cliffhangers in a movie yes. ever. And also, the other thing that, like, when you said the perfect Gorba Biscuit movie, I will make it tie with the ring though, because there's a lot of scenes from the ring that stays in my yeah, brain. Yeah, to be fair. Uh, the ring is also i mean the ring is also just a very well i mean like just the movie. video alone that fucking not it does that student film on crack that is the the video that of samara's video is things in your brain not samara weaving if it was made by no. radio silence then maybe it samara morgan to, to uh to tie it back into the to matrix scream. and scream see I, samara I see weaving is that. the glue because Samara Weaving, obviously the niece of Hugo mm-hmm. Weaving, who, if you have seen The Matrix, you know him as mm-hmm. Agent Smith. And also talking about, wasn't technically going to be a pirate sequel planned with Margot Robbie? If then, Yeah, like a spinoff. They say that this it's still in development, but that's what they yeah, say. Yeah, but if Margot Robbie can. drops out, they have to get Samara Weaving. Samara Weaving as a pirate? That would look sexy. Or, or Emma Mackey. Or they bring back Jim, Jamie Presley uh, because they all look the same. Apparently. Or Zoe Saldana. She wasn't the first one. Make a legacy sequel with Zoe Saldana. Yeah, that's true. She's not doing much except for the Avatar sequels. Anyway, mm-hmm. do you wanna, um, before we get started yes. in the recap, because we're five minutes in, and I love our discussions, yes. but I want to bring it back to, do you remember seeing this movie for the first time? Because I do. I yes. was 10. 
I do remember. So, oh my god, when was 2006. it? 2006 when it came out. I remember hearing that they I shot was... two sequels back to back, and I thought I didn't even know you could do that. Well, I did. No, seriously, I thought it was just like you could just do one because it's very rare for a movie to get back to back productions. Lord of the Rings was like one of the first ones. It's a very, very rare thing. To well, do. and also because you were you were too young, but also Matrix did it before Pyrus. They filmed those two movies back to back too as well. For me, like a scene that the, the Pyrus, and I'm like, I like that also that confidence on the studio or like committing to a mega production that way. This is technically Disney's first mega production of sequels because then they did it for uh for the Avengers. They shot both Infinity War and Endgame at the same time. That's true. That's true. And to be fair, this had a lot of hype going around. Yes. Because, like, remember, like, we talk about the first one. Now, a lot of people thinking they were going to be ahead. And when that movie hit, and also getting the nomination for the Oscars for Johnny Depp, like, the demand for Pirates was amazing. And I remember it was also came as a surprise because I remember when it announces Desmond Chess and then it, it ended on a cliffhanger. And in my showing in my theater in Mexico, they show you the trailer of War's End during the credits. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, I, I, did, it was like the, I didn't even knew that that was going to be a part two and part three. And so that was so cool. And I remember watching it in the theater and I'm like, this movie is really good. Like, uh, the, the scenes that stay in my mind is the fight between Norrington and Johnny Devin and Will Turner. I love that fight scene so much. The Kraken, Bill Nye as Davy Jones. But even though this is a perfect sequel, how high I wish they would have added a little bit. Even though this is a perfect sequel, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I did pause this movie like two times because I was like, I just need a break. But still, though, like when I enjoyed this in the theater, I enjoyed it a lot. But then when we get to Warsen, Warsen is even longer. Oh, yeah. And it gets very complicated. This film starts to get complicated towards the end of it. Very convoluted. But it's still a story you can, for the most part, follow. At World's End, that's my biggest criticism, is that it's yes. way too convoluted. Yeah, because isn't there like five, six different groups of pirates at the end of the movie? I. Yeah, so I love how we start the movie with the water all looking in black and we hear just the heartbeat. Dun, 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 dun. It's as far as the Caribbean. Desmond that's Chess. a recurring thing is hearing a heartbeat, not only in the movie, but in the score. This mm -hmm. time done by Hans Zimmer, our good boy Hans Zimmer. Yes. He should be on Mount Rushmore of greatest composers of all time. Yes. I mean, like, you cannot get John Williams, you get John uh, Hans Zimmer. Or Alan, Alan Silvestri. Alan Silvestri. Horner. Or the, the there's guy a from, lot of uh, good composers. The guy from Oppenheimer is really good, too. Oh, Ludwig Göransson did yes. uh, the, the score for The Mandalorian. And James Newton Howard. James Newton Howard's another one. Uh, Danny Elfman. Mm -hmm. And Danny Elfman. Don't, don't anyway, back our boy. to the plots to Will and Elizabeth's failed wedding. Yes. I love how the first shot of the movie is Elizabeth on her knees, on her empty wedding reception, crying and wet. I'm like... I'm sorry, out of context, that could be seen as very, very dirty. Because it's raining, I'm sorry. She's wet because it's raining. But Well, no, the... we know Elizabeth's horny as fuck in this movie. <laughs> yes, she is. And, and she's so, like, sad and everything. And then we reveal that Will gets uh, arrested by the new one of the new villains of the uh, of this of this sequel and the third one, Lord Beckett, that little bastard. Yeah, he's a very small man. Lord yes. Cutler Beckett, played by Tom Hollander. Yes, that is his real name. And he and Kira Knightley were both in Pride and Prejudice, the two thousand five mm -hmm. version. So it's a mini Pride and Prejudice reunion. Nice. I love that. I love when they see each other and Will's getting arrested. I was like, uh, and I love how Elizabeth is technically grabbing Will's. Like, it's almost looks like she's super horny. She's like, it's my luck to see the bride before the way. I was like, what are we getting arrested for? You've been sentenced to death, says Lord Becker, for helping Captain Jack uh, in Karen Ellis. Jack, Captain Jack Sparrow. No, both, both the Will and Elizabeth go captain at the same time. 
and then we cut into this weird-ass Torture Island Game of Thrones that I didn't even remember when... Oh, the pirate prison, yeah. I was like, I don't remember this the first time I saw the movie. With this guy with his feet getting dragged all in blood. And then this guy in a cage, like in Super Mario Super Mario Brothers movie, and then we see a crow eating his eye. I'm like, oh yeah, I love that Gordon Bisky can can sneak some violence into a PG thirteen movie and got away with it. Yeah. Oh yeah, the scene with Beckett is good too because he works for the East India Trading Company, which was a real thing, and we see that he also has a warrant out for Norrington. Uh, and we learn that he resigned and that he's no longer part of like the Royal British, whatever. Anyway, he's, he's a renegade now and that, uh, pirate prison is important because the reason why it's there, we see a casket get thrown into the sea and then a bird lands on top of it and we just see it get shot. As we see, Captain Jack Sparrow is in there. That's a amazing way of introducing Jack again. Another good introduction of Jack. As he goes to the Pearl. And we get Gibbs again, which is great. I love Gibbs. We see Gibbs and the other pirates, and they're like, uh, Jack, but whatever you're looking there, I was looking for this. And it shows the the, the map. But the map is, has a photo of a, has a drawing of a, of a key. I'm like, but Jack, we need something shinier. We want something more shinier, something we, that we can use. And and I was like, but we don't have any treasure. The sea claimed most of the of the treasure in Isla Muerta. And I'm like, that is true. What happened to the treasure in Isla Muerta? So in the line, they're saying that they just the water took away the treasure? Well, it was in a cave. Uh-huh. And as they point out, like, the tide could probably get it. Mm-hmm. And... I I love that the I love that the bird says to the plank and I love how Jack reacts immediately. What did the bird say? I love how Jack reacted that he wants to kill that bird. And then and then of course Jack leaves and then uh, someone says, Have you noticed that the captain has been acting strange lately? And then we cut into Lord Beckett. And he wants Will to get Jack. And I was like, uh, and then even Will's like, how do you know about Jack Sparrow? We both left each other marks in the past before. And Will was like, what kind of marks? And then Rebecca was like, I need you to get him for me. And I'll set you free. He's part of a dying world. And then uh, Will is like, so you want him in the pearl? And I want something smaller, more valuable. His compass. The first reckoning of the, of, of the first movie. Now the compass is so important. It's not broken because it was broken. Now it's just... Because it's important for the plot. Because it will point you whatever you desire. Yes, so now we know why the compass doesn't point north. Also, there is a backstory to all of this. For some reason, they cut it from the film. But oh, uh, we'll understand why he says a uh, hundred souls as well. Because you were like, why does he owe a hundred souls? There is a reason for that. But... Um, oh yeah, yeah, and uh, the brand we see, I'm just gonna spoil it, um, Beckett's a eunuch, because Jack, uh, well, oh, and Beckett also is in love with him. So that was, that's the thing that I was thinking of! Yeah, he was very much in love with Jack as well, so that was conflicted feelings. I and, was uh, about yeah, to say that because chopped I off all his, was like... his little giblets and stuff, mm -hmm. and we also see that Jack has that, uh, that brand from the the fire poker that he has and i love how beckett is not afraid of anyone and he again he's a very small dude in like stature height wise he's he's a very small guy but he is always just so unamused with everything and just brushes it off and that's meticulous is, too that is a scary thing that's how i think lex luthor should act just just brushes it off like eh whatever and i love that it was like a so and then we see that jack go, we go back to the pearl and i was like time's running out jack and then oh yeah this is where we meet bootstrap yes bill. we see bootstrap bill's like a, you look good jack 
You've got the pearl back. And and then, oh, yes, I got it back. It says, Jack, thanks to your son, David Jones, sent me. He saved me, Jack. I have to accept his offer like you did 13 years ago. He raised the pearl from the deep and made you captain. And Jack was, actually, uh, you cannot bargain with him. Your time is up. If you don't paint up, he will unleash his Leviathan and will drag the pearl with you in it. Now you will bear the black spot. Yeah, so Bootstrap Bill, also played by very amazing actor Stellan Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. Who, I think this is the first time we're talking about Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, we've never t- talked about Stellan Skarsgård before. <sighs> How we haven't talked about Mamma Mia yet. It's a crime. Well, we've got to the Mamma Mia cinematic universe. Yeah, and Stellan Skarsgård is one of those guys where you've seen his face. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you have. And you've definitely seen his sons as well, Alexander or Bill. If you've seen mm-hmm. it, you've seen Bill. Then it, they're all Swedish. Mm-hmm. And very tall men. Very tall. Very mm-hmm. tall. Because, well, they're descended from Vikings, so of course. And <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's very good. Like, I love the design that he's gradually becoming more attached to the ship. Or, like, he, he's slowly losing his humanity, and he's got, like, this big starfish on his face, and all this algae and stuff. It's Those algaes and those kind of, like, little details on the bottom of this, even the musky stuff, like, the green yeah, stuff he, around him. Yeah, he looks him. like he's becoming, like, part of, like, a fish tank. Yes! You know, all the stuff that's on a fish tank? Because that's what the Flying Dutchman looks like when we get to uh, the ship. Because there's that old pirate thing of, oh, it'll send you to Davy Jones' locker. And this is the other thing that I forgot to research. Uh, is what Stella, Stella Skarsgård is using, is that CGI or is that practical? Like the makeup? Uh, for the most part, um, it was a mix. Mm, okay, yeah, because it so was really good. Some stuff they could do with makeup, other stuff they had to do CGI. Mm-hmm. A lot of the crew ends up being CGI. It still looks good, though. It still looks amazing, especially Davy Jones. Yeah, and then we see that Jack, uh, Jack draws his... Uh, he seeing his hand all scared, and then he draws his hat, and then I was like, "No, but we need to leave right now. Where do we go, sir? We go to Tortuga." And then we see that uh, a random Turkish uh, crew picks up the hat of Jack, and we see parts of the Kraken destroying that boat immediately. And then Will goes to Elizabeth. It was like, a, "I need to find Jack. I need to find the compass." I was like, a, "Where will you find him? I will go to Tortuga first. And I love this line that that Will says. And then it was like, but where would I find you? Whether your eye on the horizon, you will find me. And I'm like, that's from my... That line's going to come back. I know, it's going to come back, but it, it sounds well. like a fucking novel. I love... Sounds like a fucking romantic novel, like a Fabio novel. No, everything with them is a romance yes. novel. I love that the governor as well, Elizabeth's father, was like, he very much does not care for Will at all. Being inconsistent again. Because- like his character's really inconsistent. This time it's actually handled a lot. Yes, that's better true. Because he's trying to save yes. Elizabeth this mm-hmm. time. So I understand why he's doing it there. I love that she gives the line thirsty is like, if it wasn't for these bars, I'd have you already. And he breaks a part of like the candle mantelpiece, like in the first film with Will. So see? That's another thing that great sequels do is they do like little throwbacks that aren't shoehorned, they feel organic to the plot. So he's just, I love he's just like, man, forget Will, Will's dead. Uh, maybe we'll give him a fair chance. Yeah, and then we see that like, um, Will tries to go and find the pearl, and then we see that Will finds the pearl in the other island, and then we see that Will gets captured, and then we see Jack in his throne with all of the damn eyes as makeup, and how he opens his eye, it looks so cool. And then we see Jack oh, uh, talking a native language, and he tells the native, uh, he, he's a eunuch. He has no balls. Like, the way that he says it, I was like a... Eunuch, he. Snip, snip. Eunuch, snip, snip, snip. And Jack, is the, and Jack says, save me. As they take, like, a, they take Will, and he's kind of like a buff, like a Return of the Jedi. You don't need to hear the... the, 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 the like, preparing, like, the feast. Otoma! Hadla! Like, like, centrifuge. We see that... Uh, and then uh, we see that that the father, he Elizabeth, frees Elizabeth. And I was like, oh, Father, what are you doing? I said, give your safe passage to London. 
I will leave my daughter to be hanged. Get to the port. A man uh, was like, a man will wait you for there. But then we see this random ass guy that he shows up throws the movie that's kind of like the assistant to Beckett. He kills. Oh, this dude is like the slimiest looking. Yes. Uh, dude ever. He's always got this mean mm-hmm. face about him. He knows that he looks like a live action Mr. Burns. <laughs> he does. Yes. And then, and then we see the stabbing this person because he stopped by because the the governor sent was gonna send a letter to the king to free Elizabeth, and we see Elizabeth escaping but faces Beckett, and Beckett was like, "I see that you got away," and then Elizabeth points a gun at him, and Beckett is like, "I don't care about Isla Muerta," and then and then and then, and then Elizabeth is like, "But I was already there. I know you want the gold from me. I don't care about any any treasure. The thing that I care about." It's about Jack. I need that compass. I can sign that letter and free Turner for you. And then we see that Elizabeth just grabs part of the letters and she runs away. Yeah. And then we see uh uh, uh what's it, what is his name? Uh the 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 small guy from from What's Upon a Time. I'll call him the gay pirates, but it's Drury, Snippy. Oh, uh, pencil and Rigetti. Yeah, pencil and Rigetti, But what's his character on on What's Upon a Time? Grumpy. Grumpy, yeah, we see Grumpy and then no eye. We see them they arrive to and they see the pearl. I was like, oh we can take it. And then Oh yeah, they also showed up with the dog. They showed up with the dog with the keys. And yeah, the the pearl is uh docked on this cannibal island. As uh Will is with Gibbs and all everybody else, uh bone ball cages. Cause he's just like, Whatever happened to the rest of the crew? And he's just like, These weren't here when we showed up. Wait, are we saying that Gorbinski did this whole island in all of these details to a NATO cannibal holocaust? Maybe. Ooh. Okay, yeah, go on. And uh, I also like the fact in this movie, there's people that actually speak with Caribbean accents or Jamaican accents. I mean, we're in the Caribbean. You would think that you would hear people that talk like that, Mon. That sounds also like a studio note, though. Sounds like a student or Gorbavinsky remembered to do that. They're like, oh yeah, we need uh, black people. I forgot. Because <laughs> that's, that's a big... There was uh, not a lot of black people in the first one. No, there was like two. Yeah, we was... So Isaldana and the other guy. Yeah, well, I mean, there's not many... Well, there's three, I guess. But... Um, oh, yeah! The big one that... Uh-huh, the, yeah. the big guy that slaps Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, Here, there's like five. So a little bit more. But one is a very important character and is one of my favorites because that's another thing great sequels do. They introduce fan favorite characters mm-hmm. or new characters that are cool, like Bootstrap Bill. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to Davy Jones. And oh yeah, Beckett is another great character. And then we see that Will is with Gibbs and the part of the crew. And they're kind of like in this weird kind of like hamster balls hanging from a, from a ridge. Yeah, I'll got to say when they're swinging or they're trying to swing to the cliff. Yeah. The music was corny and stupid. Like it sounded like a carnival music. But you know no. what it reminded me too? Talking about Disney Synergy, it reminded me of the Emperor's New Groove. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. Remember when they're in the ropes and trying to get the like a scale away? Yeah. You know, it's a good thing you're not a big fat guy. Otherwise, this would be really difficult right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they're fighting, when they're fighting Scorpions! on the rope bridge. <laughs> yes, that, that, that's what it reminded me. We could do me. a remake of Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> oh, I, I, I would totally do Pacha. Yeah, I could be David Spade, which I hate that I can say that out loud. Can I do two characters and I can be Pacha, uh, Pacha and the other guy, Crank? Sure, I guess I'll. We'll need to get an, an Yzma, but anyway, they make it to the edge. Anyway, let's go back. Half the crew, like when there's this Indian guy, he's just like, oh, uh, no, you can you can sail with like six people and you're fine. And then they're like, oh, now it's a race. But they decide mm-hmm. to go when there's a guard on a bridge and one mm-hmm. holds a snake and then everybody freaks out and then they plummet to their death. Yeah, and then because then I just try, will meet Allah in hell. <laughs> yeah, the- but we get a we get a great. The thing about these movies are the action is much better. Yes, as well. 
Like it's not as dark, it's not as shaky cam, and they just let it happen. And the whole sequence with the Cannibal Island is awesome. It's just fun. Also, the other thing that it holds up from the first, the action is very organic. And the locations, uh, they go to different locations as well. They did that in the first movie, but it, most of the time it was like the Port Royal, Isla de Muerta, or the Black Pearl. That was it. Here we got the Cannibal Island, uh, the Black the Pearl. New Orleans. The New Orleans Tortuga. Oh, yeah, and Tortuga. Forgot about Tortuga. And uh, Diadalma's place, which reminds me of, like, New Orleans, like, in a, in a bayou. But then again, Jamaica's, uh, or Haiti, I guess, is known for bayous. It looks really cool, though. And then we see that... Oh, and the Flying Dutchman. Cannot we see Jack that. in this position like a kebab, about to be cooked, and then he escapes. And I love how the natives are throwing him fruits, and the fruits are going and around him like a kebab. They were about to light him on fire because they thought he was a god, mm-hmm. and free him from his prison. They're going to kill and eat his flesh to free him, mm-hmm. and he, they're they're about to uh, light the fire <laughs> as well, and. They're all like, oh, no, the other people have escaped. And so they just leave him, but the torch still lights the fire and Jack fans the flame <laughs> unintentionally. Yeah, much more comedic moments for Jack, but they, they work. It tried to, tries to jump with, with the hot stick between him and it stumbles into another side of the mountain. It's like, oh, I made it. But then he does like, oh, he does the balance and then he falls through like five different bridges between all of this mountain. And then it unraveled the ropes around him as well. Yes, and also the fruits, how he falls right next to him. I love that he's he's like, and he starts running, and then Will and everyone else, they get to the the pearl, and then Gil's like, oh, they see Grumpy and the the guy with no eye. Oh, you made, you made, thank you for helping us to to get the pearl ready. And then then the the Grumpy's like, yeah, of course, we help you. (laughs) And then we see Will, I want to live without Jack. And one of the most iconic scenes of the whole movie. We see Jack running, and then we see all of the natives behind him. And Will's like, we can leave. Will, let's go. Time to go. And they they all get away, and we see Jack hanging from the pearl. It's like, a, remember this day that you almost... A lot of water goes behind Jack. Almost come. Something, something, Jack's Sparrow. <laughs> so then they go to Tidama's place. Is He's also just like, uh, make sure we're by land. And then Gibbs is like, uh, Captain, that doesn't make any sense because they can all tell there's something wrong with Jack, and they're like, "You notice he's acting strange, er?" Yeah, stranger than normal. <laughs> yeah, stranger than normal because Jack is very paranoid, and I mean, as he should be, he's got a like a time limit. Otherwise, the mafia is gonna find him and break his legs. And then we see Tia Doma, and I love the little details of, like, the beautiful candles that they're floating between the water. All of the people, like, in the row, like, looking at them. Production design, once again. The production design. Top and then notch. we get introduction of uh, Naomi Harris. That's her name? N- Naomi Harris, yes. Naomi Harris as Tia Doma. And she sees Will, and I was like, you have a touch of destiny, William Turner. But then also because she does it. She's a, she is a... Uh... A voodoo mm-hmm. priestess with a thick uh, Jamaican Creole mm-hmm. accent, and then she says hi, and then uh, and then Dama, she says I need payment. I was like, uh, I brought payment, and then the Jack shows the monkey, J- the Jack Jack the monkey from the first movie. Look, and puts a gun at him, an undead monkey. That's a fair payment, says still Dama. What do you need? I need to find this. Oh, Jack, you don't know what you see. But what is in the chest? Davy Jones was in love with a woman. He still loves her. And then Gibbs was like, I thought he was in love with the sea. No, it's the, it's the same story. It was a woman. The sea, the woman, same thing. Yeah, the pain he caused her was dead, but it's still alive. He put his heart in the chest. He locked it away. He cut him heart in that chest And there. he has the key at all times. And then Tia Dalma sees the, sees the black spot. The black spot. And I love how gives us the black spot. Ew! And they're still spitting. Yeah, they're all just like, ah. Oh. Well, they're yes. pirates. Superstition. The Chekhov's gun or the jar of dirt. But if you don't want it, you can give it back. And then Jack's like, no. Well, I want it. I want it. 
<laughs> it will help. It's still Doma. <laughs> and then we can get in. I love just her design as well. She looks so like gross as well with the black teeth and the blue lips, but she's still kind of so very beautiful as well. Yeah. She has a really nice charisma. The way that she draws her lines and her jokes. Maybe maybe it's the accent. I don't know. But she's uh I mean it helped that Naomi Harris's mother is a Jamaican is a Jamaican immigrant. So she she was able to coach her how to talk well because naomi harris if you've seen skyfall she's uh money penny and very british and it's just weird seeing that those are the, the same person a lot like johnny depp with uh jack sparrow you can't unsee jack sparrow and what happens after this they go to tortuga oh yeah they go to they go to the dutchman I love the introduction of the Flying Dutchman because first we see a broken uh, ship and we see that Will goes to it and I'm like, and sees this man trying to get like some rope and he's bleeding from his hands. I was like, why are you doing? The ship is already, it's already, uh, uh, it's already fine. I was like, no, I have to keep going. And then sees another man without a face and he breathes like a fish. That looks so creepy. And then we see the Flying Dutchman arriving. And we see all of these different creatures that look like men, but they also look like fish. And I love that Will does that thing from Game of Thrones, that pretty sure they stole it from, from this movie, of putting the, the story in oil and putting it on fire and fighting with all of the creatures. It does make sense. Also, Jack sent Will to Jones. He's just like, here, you you talk to him. Mm-hmm. Take you this know, kid as character. Yeah. And then uh, we see the introduction of Davy Jones, played by Billy Mack himself. Yes! Because I knew you were going to say it if I didn't. Mm-hmm. Bill Nye. And let me tell you, the visual effects on this man, he's like this big squid. He's got this big tentacle beard, and all the tentacles are moving as well. How he throws smokes and, when he's smoking, yeah, too. He's, just, he's got a peg leg, a big, a big crab claw. He just looks awesome. And then he asks the guy, do you fear death? Do you fear the dark and terrible abyss? I can postpone that judgment. I love how you do the accent. Because he's Scottish as well. Join my crew and I will postpone your judgment. Uh, he kills the one Christian dude. Like literally cuts his throat and sends him overboard. And then he looks to Will, and he's like, you are neither sick nor dying. State your purpose here. And as Will just quickly goes... I love that. I love that kind of tiny detail that he can only offer to someone that is sick. It sounds like a demon kind of rule. Like the devil. Yeah, like the devil. I, was like, I like that a lot. And Will's like, you're not dying or anything. I was like, uh, and then Will's like, I came to settle Jack's death. And I love that... He says it really fast. He's like, I came here to settle Jack Sparrow's death. Come again. Jack Sparrow. I love, I love how Bill Knight put his reactions. They look so good. Like he saw, he's like, yeah. And they put like green uh, makeup around his eyes and lips and put a bunch of little dots on him to read his facial expressions. Apparently, Bill Knight had a terrible time shooting because it was all cold and wet and he was just in a little pajama suit, like a motion capture suit. And he's like, no, I had a, it was a miserable experience. That makes me sad to hear that, but. He did a hell of a good job. He did a really good job, though. And then we see I we see Jack from afar at the Black Pearl. I love this little cut that he seen through the vernacular. He sees Davy Jones, and then Davy. Oh no, the the the, the telescope. telescope sorry, the telescope, and then he sees Davy Jones, and then 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 Davy Jones turns around, and then he drops the, the telescope, and then Davy Jones is right there. Like ah, that's a good jump scare. Davy Jones was like Jack, you after what you did, you already the captain of the Black Pearl. And then Jack is like, well, actually, I was only a captain for two years. Does not matter? You say, Cap- have you not been introducing yourself as for all these mm-hmm. years as Captain Jack Spera? That's really matter, though. It- 99 souls is what you owe me, Jack Spera. I'm it- sorry. Doing, doing the David Jones voices, so. It's so fun. So fun. I love that he also says, I was like, but you are capable of sacrificing him, one of your friends. Yeah, he's, he's just like, uh, just, just take the boy in my stead. Mm-hmm. Could you live with yourself knowing that you condemned 
a friend to this dark and terrible position. Jack. Yep, I can live with it. <laughs> and now we go into Tortuga. Then they get a Tortuga. So the whole backstory behind Beckett and Sparrow is that Sparrow was once a privateer for the East India Trading Company and was tasked with transporting a ship full of cargo. That cargo ended up being 100 slaves. Jack did not approve of that, and so he set them free aboard his ship, the Wicked Wench. Now, Beckett's career suffered as a result, and he had Jack branded as a pirate for, quote-unquote, stealing the ship full of slaves. And he had the Wicked Wench burned, sinking Jack's beloved ship. So, Jack then made a deal with Davy Jones, who agreed to raise the ship in exchange for a hundred souls. It was chosen because of the irony. And that ship rose up and was later, the sails turned black and was given the name the Black Pearl. And yes, 10 years uh, payment. 100 souls so that Jack could have the the Black Pearl. That sounds really important. Why did they cut all of that? That sounds incredible. And also ties with the new villain, too. But that is the reason why he has to do what he has to do. And it ties into the first film really, really well. Because, yeah, and then obviously, as that happened, Barbosa mutinied, brought Bootstrap Bill down to the bottom of the depths with a cannon. Mm-hmm. And so that's why Bootstrap Bill made a deal with Davy Jones because he was like, I was getting crushed by the waves and I couldn't die because I was cursed. So I made a deal with Davy Jones to get me out of there and I will serve him. Usually for 100 years would be the typical payment. Yeah, that all just sounds awesome. Do you think that maybe they deleted that because they they confirmed that Beckett and, and Jack had a relationship Disney being Disney? Well, no, it was one-sided because mm. Beckett liked Jack. Jack did not like Beckett. But still, that's alluding that it's something gay, so what well, Disney has to be Disney. Yeah, that, and that's why and Jack ended up cutting off his, uh, his bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. So that's the whole, we both left a mark for each other line. Then they go to Tortuga. Uh, they got to get a hundred souls. While that's happening, Elizabeth disguised herself as a boy onto another ship, where they think because she left her dress, her wedding dress, on the ship that it's haunted. <laughs> Hilarious because she puppeteers it into and uh, tricking them into going into Tortuga as well. So everybody's meeting up in Tortuga. And Jack and Gibbs are getting crew members, and we get one crew member as well. We and we see... Norrington. Captain Norrington coming back. The ex-Commodore. The ex-Commodore Norrington, and he looks like crap. I don't... I think he looks a lot better with facial hair, like a some scruff. But yeah, he he looks dirty, and he, he looks like shit. It's slimy, like he has, hasn't showered in like five months. Which he probably hasn't. So the reason why he resigned was because he lost the Dauntless ship and he was chasing Jack through a hurricane because <laughs> they that's why it was like raining and stuff. It was because of a hurricane. So he was in shame and he's just getting drunk in uh, Tortuga because where else are you going to go? Yeah, the Vegas for the pirates. And he was going to try to kill Jack, but Elizabeth shows up and essentially... Nothing done with a toy with a bottle. Yeah, and a big fight ensues. Jack trying on various different hats as well. And he gets thrown into the pig pen. So he looks even more dirty. Also kinda like me kinda like poetry at rhymes like Gibbs at the first movie. Mm-hmm. And then we see that Elizabeth catches up with Jack and was like a, yeah, it was like uh hey, Jack is I need to see Jack Sparrow and then no boy. No, I boy, my love is the sea. Oh, and then he, Elizabeth, and tells Gibbs, hide the rum. He learned. <laughs> he never forgave her for the rum. He never forgave her that. Hide the rum. <laughs> hide the rum. And then we see the car. And then he tells Elizabeth about the key. And he's like, well, it just so happens that your goal of trying to get Will back and my goal happened to align. 
because you see Will is aboard the Flying Dutchman, you know, um, under circumstances that were entirely out of my control and all of that. And uh, we all know he's lying, but... Uh, and even Norrington, who agreed to be part of the crew, he's he's looking at him like, you're so full of crap. <laughs> and then we come back into the Dutchman and I'm like, is Will playing with David Jones kind of like a version of Yahtzee? No, it's Liar's Dice. It's a fun game. Oh, okay. I had never heard of it. Man, I was like... Okay, so Liar's Dice is you make a wager. It's usually, it could be multiple people, and you say, like, I have three ones or something, or I think there's this many um, of the, the dice. And if it's... If you're lying, you lose a dice. And if you tell the truth, if you're spot on, you keep it. And the whole thing is you don't know whether someone's telling the truth or not. And so that's why you get the outrageous, like, uh, 12 fives. Obviously, that he was clearly lying, uh, Bootstrap Bill. So, so kind of like poker. Pretty much, but with dice. And in The Flying Dutchman, the, uh, they bet years of servitude. Instead, and Will, of course, challenges Davy Jones. But he does it for a reason, and Bootstrap Bill also plays because he's... Because they, now they, they've they seen each other. Father and son realize, oh, man, hi, what's up? And uh, Bootstrap Bill's trying to save Will. He's not bound to serve Davy Jones. So he's basically gave up any chance of escape. So his son could. Yeah, he sacrificed himself. And then we cut into another really iconic scene. Davy Jones playing the organ. Oh, with his tentacle beard. Oh my god, that oh. looks so good. But that happened before because when he said, <laughs> I challenge Davy Jones, you hear the organ music just stop. Yeah. And whenever he's walking, you just hear this boom. Boom. You just feel this guy's presence. And they talk about Davy Jones all the time, and it's it's real cool. Anyway, back to uh, Tortuga. Jack can't get the compass to work because he doesn't know what his heart wants. He doesn't want to admit it, though. So he's like, okay, Elizabeth, I'm going to give you this compass that it's going to point to wherever you want most. And you want the chest of Davy Jones because whoever controls his heart can get Jones to do whatever he wants. Or can get Jones under his command and be able to do basically whatever he or she wants because he controls basically the sea. And you can get Will from him. So, yeah, what you want most is the chest for Will. And he's like, yeah, yeah, of course. But we know he has the ulterior motives as well. And that they have a course. So now they're going to... They have a heading. And then we go back to the Dutchman and we see Will... Taking the key from Davy Jones at the music room. Because that's why he ch uh, challenged him to Liar's Dice, because he wanted to see where he kept the key. Mm -hmm. And I love how Will has to technically have like a pen to hold some of the tentacles to sneak his other hand to grab the key. I like that little detail. And then we see that Elizabeth wonders about the compass. And that thing that you said about Bosso Beckett wants the, wants the chest to... But then Norrington was like, yeah, but Beckett wants it because he wants to own the sea. And the, but Norrington notices how Elizabeth is looking at Jack and how Jack is looking at Elizabeth. The sexual tension between these two is palpable. And Jack even says, he's just like, you know, you want me. You want to know why? Curiosity. And then she's just like, well, there will come a time when you're faced with a dilemma that you can't weasel your way out of. And you're going to do the right thing. And he's like, yeah, right. You don't know me that well, love. And she's just like, oh, yeah, you will. Curiosity. Foreshadowing. And we also hear about the uh, the pardons, which Norrington overhears. Because he's like, oh, if I get the chest, I can get pardoned. I can get my life back. And I love, now he's cleaned up a little bit. I love his look here. He looks good with a little bit of scruff. Yeah, he looks hard. And then we see that, we see that Will escapes to a boat. I was like, we need to escape. We need to tell the to, to, tell the fleet. We need to help us. We need to run for the flying Dutchman. But then we hear it was the same boat that Elizabeth was on. We hear the cracking, like, and then 
the details of every single tentacle on that squid. It looks so goddamn real. Oh, because uh, Bootstrap Bill um, helps Will escape, and he's just like, you owe me nothing, and Will's just like, I'm going to free you from this, Dad. I promise. And escapes. And Davy Jones knows that Bootstrap uh, helped him escape, because obviously he's his son. And he finds out about it because he knows the key is missing and he just gets bootstrapped and he's just like, you're going to watch this because they catch up to the ship. Cause obviously they can, they can find anybody. And he's like, I'm going to send your son to the bottom to my locker. I'm going to call the Kraken on his ass. And they do. And like you said, every detail on the Kraken is so cool. And the, the whole music score for this monster like most of the time you just see it's, it's tentacles and it's just <laughs> taking people left and right and it just destroys everything and even will goes i've doomed us all yeah and also liam neeson's like that's my line and like crash of the titans really is the kraken i mean kraken's in mythology typically i know and then like when he splits the boat in yeah. half and then you hear a little bit of uh uh bach <laughs> Yes, that is really cool. I love Hans Zimmer's score as well. The one with Davy Jones, where there's just like this little lullaby thing from this music box he has, because you feel his heartbreak as well. That's another thing about Bill Nye is he's so um, he was able to leverage Will because he's just like he's in love with a woman, and he clearly touched a nerve when he said that to him, because he knows that that's about he knows the feeling. Anyway, Will escapes, of course. And I love that uh, the backstory of how Davy Jones got the color scheme and everything. They got that because uh, somebody spilled some coffee and it was the coffee stain. And they're like, let's put that into the computer, put that as a color scheme. And so that's why he he has those colors. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. And then we, they, we get into this island and then I was like, uh, wait, and then Jack is looking at the compass. And I was like, uh, he went, and I was like, uh, I think the chest is right here. And then they find it. But I love that also. Elizabeth sees the compass. I was like, I don't believe you. And then and then in points at Jack, he's just like, this compass is broken. And then he's just like, all right, just get out of the way. Get out of the way. And digs up the rest of it. And then they put their ear to this chest and they hear a thump, 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 thump. <laughs> and then Norrington goes, you are actually telling the truth. I do that quite often, yet everyone acts surprised. And then we see, then and then Will shows. I was like, uh, "Wow, did he tell you the truth?" And so I see Jack. I was like, uh, "And then I was like, uh, no." I and Jack was like, "And then Jack was like, what are you talking about?" And then and then Will was like, "I will get that heart to free my father." And Norita was like, "No, I will get that heart and I will get my life back." And Jack is like, "Oh yes, the dark side of ambition." And then Norita, I see it as a profitable side of redemption. That's a good line right there. Yeah, and all of them, they're pointing their, instead of guns, they're pointing their swords at each other. And I love like, that uh, they always have, like, Mexican standoffs with yes. uh, these pirate weapons. And technically, it's Elizabeth's three men facing each other. Very romance novel, technically, too. Oh, they've all wanted to, or have fucked Elizabeth. Or, yeah, no, they've all wanted to fuck Elizabeth at some point. Yes. Oh, because she's Kira Knightley, so it makes, it, it works. And uh, then they have a sword fight, and it is incredibly creative and great. And I love that Elizabeth's just like, stop it, stop it. And she literally pouts like a little kid sitting in the ground. And she does the thing from the first one. I was like, oh, my God, the heat. Someone save me. Oh, <laughs> the heat. And nobody's, nobody gives a shit because they're know. just fighting. And then Pencil and Regetti are just like, you know, we should remove temptation because they're reading the Bible. Or one of them is uh, the one with the fake eye. Uh, I think that's Rigetti. He's He can't read, and he's just like, well, you get credit for trying. And I love Rigetti. He's also trying, doing a meta joke. Because like, uh, and then Grumpy's like, what is going on? Well, actually, I think that Norrington is doing this because he wants his life back, and Jack is just being Jack. And then Elizabeth, she's just there. And then I both of them had to look at each other. Should we just steal the chest while they're distracted? Yeah. Yeah, we should <laughs> remove temptation yes. to enlighten their souls. I like the sound of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we also forgot that uh, the dog uh, ended up on the island. Yes. 
as well. There's a lot of characters in this movie. There's a lot that happens in these movies. So yeah, if we skip a lot of it, I'm I'm sorry. You should just watch these movies anyway. Yeah, they're so they're good. Really good. And we get to a part where they go to this water wheel place and they disarm Jack and Norrington and Will are just like, ah, do you want to end him? I agree. And then he's like, I'm going to kill the man that just ruined my life. And then Jack, still in this series, we see how smart he is because he goes, let's examine that, shall we? Who was the one that, well, first you captured said pirate here, but who was the one that freed said pirate, which included the consequence of that, you losing your fiance and by extension, losing your position and the rest of your life. So uh, whose life uh, do you really want to kill more, me or uh, the other guy? And then uh, he weasels out and he's like, all right, uh, Good luck, you two. <laughs> I'm going to go get the chest. And uh, Norrington's just like, unfortunately, he's right. And Norrington and Will start having a sword fight. I love that they're fighting and they're like, they're not realizing that fucking Jack sent them up. And they're, they're, I love that distractions of how they hate each other so much. And Jack's like, But I'm, I mean, Jack also does have a point. He does have a point. That's the thing that I like that Jack is being smart. He's a master manipulator. He's he's the biggest weasel. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it too. Mm-hmm. He knows it, and he but he uses that to his advantage. He yes. knows everybody's gonna distrust him, which is why he said, like when he does tell the truth, everyone's surprised. Mm-hmm. With that that funny line, and at one point they yeah they end up on the yeah the wheel starts on turning, getting out of this temple. And I love how he's moving, and then Jack thought he'd run away, and then Jack stumbles into the wheel. And I love how Norrington and, and Will's like, oh, they, they had to jump over the, over Jack's, Jack's legs. Yeah, the, the, the big water wheel detaches from the house. Like and the castle house. And they're running on it as it's, as it's just rolling down the island. And it's so and cool. Fighting. And the fucking camera work is beautiful. My God, like. Jack Sparrow like running like a fucking hamster while Jack and Nor- and while Will and Norrington are still fighting on top of it. And the music like dun 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 dun. This is where you need uh Hans Zimmer's epic mm-hmm. score. And it really, really works. And this is the other thing that I like a lot that Gorbervinsky is focusing on so many characters in one damn scene because while those three are fighting on the wheel, we see uh Grumpy and the other guy, the, the guy with no eye, running with the chest, they stumble into Elizabeth, and they do that thing from the first one. Hello, puppet. Hello, puppet. And then Jones' crew catch up with them. Because he can't stay on land. They make it very clear that he can only go on land once every 10 years. And now is not that time. So the crew is able to go on land. I love that also when the Dutchman goes underwater... You see the tentacles on Davy Jones' beard grab his hat as well. Little details like that are just... I love that. And, and they're always constantly moving, those those tentacles. I don't know if you know anything about visual effects, but like that's so hard to keep consistent. And usually you get like an uncanny valley effect, but when I look at Davy Jones, I believe this guy is like actual squid. And if I'm not co- if I'm not mistaken, this is industrial light and magic, right? It is ILM. Yeah, because that's why they're so good. This was in 2006, mm-hmm. and it looks better than movies now. Yep. I'm looking at you, The Flash. Once again, we can't not mention The Flash. God, I'm talking means- about you, CGI Henry Cavill mouth. Oh, God. To be fair... These Pirates movies had plenty of time to do visual effects. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. And then uh, we also see that Norrington had the chest at one point, but he fled Mm -hmm. as well. And Jack Jack opens the chest first. Yes, and we see the heart. We see an actual heart. And then Jack grabs the heart and puts it on his coat, and then he closes the chest with the key. Doesn't he put it in the jar of dirt? 
Well, actually, first person in his pocket and then person in the jar of dirt. Yeah, when they all reach the, the boat. Mm-hmm. And I believe... Um... And then Noriton, he escapes from the wheel and he grabs the chest. But then also he sacrifices himself to save Will and, and Elizabeth. With all of the people from David just to, uh, to chase after him. Foreshadowing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do did, did we ever see a scene with him getting the jar of dirt? Uh, Noriton, no. Okay. Well, we'll we'll, we'll get. I'm to gonna that. say that, this. That's a plot hole. There's a lot of stuff going on, and I'm kind of like a little lost with the jar of dirt too, because I think I confused. I was like, "Where did the heart end up at the end, though?" I think it might have been. Uh, he kept the jar of dirt in the boat, and wanted to get like the chest or something. So maybe this was the moment that. Because and then Norrington ends up getting there first. So this is the moment, technically, right? Yeah. Yes. I think so. Yeah. So that actually mm -hmm. remains consistent. Anyway, they all escape onto the Black Pearl, and obviously the Dutchman follows them. They can't uh, beat the Dutchman's firepower because they mm -hmm. have, like, triple cannons and stuff like that. Don't forget the iconic and, line. But they are faster. The iconic line when Davy Jones shows so, up, uh, and then and Jack is like, look at what I got. I got it. Oh, yeah, he's just like, oh, you slimy kids. Oh, and then he actually falls down whenever they're like, ooh, yeah. Uh, I got a job to I got a job to That's so you. mean. Guess what's inside <laughs> it. And Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley's reactions, those are their actual mm -hmm. reactions. That was not in the nice. script. So when he falls down and he starts singing like that, they're looking at each other like, what the fuck is this? What is Johnny doing? <laughs> And uh, it's it's funny knowing it in that in that context. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we see the chase between the ships, and then I was like, uh, they the black protest. Oh my god, they're giving up! And then we see, but then we see the kraken. We hear the like the rumbling, and then we hear we see all of the tentacles. And I love the scare between Grumpy. How they everyone in the crew is so scared because they have heard the stories of the legends of the kraken. But then we see Jack jumps the ship. They're running away. And Elizabeth and Will, they're looking so disappointed, but they're still fighting, trying to destroy the Kraken. But then Jack comes back. And then I love this moment of how Will is holding like a big net of barrels of explosives. And then this beautiful slow-mo of Jack shooting his gun. Yeah, because a lot of the uh, the rest of the movie is just action. Straight yes, out. a lot and of action. fighting the Kraken. By the way, mm -hmm. they only had six powder, uh, six uh, barrels of gunpowder, mm -hmm. and then Will goes, "So load the rum," and everybody just silence. Yeah. All right, fine, load the rum. <laughs> it kills them to do that because everybody loves mm -hmm. rum in these movies. I don't know why rum is disgusting. Mm -hmm. if you've ever and had it? It's so nasty. We see the explosion, and then uh, someone asks Mister Gibbs, "Did we kill it?" And Mister Gibbs says, "No, we just made it angry. We need to abandon the ship." The pearl must fall. And they all starting to abandon the ship. But then Elizabeth is like with Jack. You came back, Jack. As she corners it, corners Jack. I knew you were a good man. And then I was like, uh, and we see slowly, we hear the that he handcuffs him into the boat. Well, because you know why. She's yeah. Just because she kisses him straight on the mouth. And then Will sees him from afar. Orlando Bloom was, was not told about that. So his reaction mm -hmm. is also genuine. And then was like, a, it's after you, not us, not the ship. I'm oh, yeah. So and Jack back. turned back because he checked the compass and he saw mm -hmm. that it was pointing over there. So that's what his heart mm -hmm. wanted. So we do know that he actually did grow conscious. Mm -hmm. And then and Jack says, pirate. And then now Elizabeth now is a pirate officially. Yep. And then he manages. I love how he gets out of the shackle as well. He uses the lamp oil to yes. literally slip out, much like how he weasels himself out of situations. See, it's a, it's a perfect metaphor. And then uh, the Kraken opens its disgusting huge vagina mouth full of rows of teeth mm -hmm. and spits his... Sleepy hollow? Yes, and it's all the saliva. It's so nasty. A really cool shot of Jack with with his uh, with his sword. Yeah, but like the spit gets all up in his face. I think they did that in one take because nice. they kind of had to. And uh, also, it spits his hat back out. So 
Jack got his hat back. And Jack's last line, hello, beastie. And, yeah, so that was shocking to me because I was like, you can't kill Jack Sparrow. He's the, he's the most marketable character in this franchise. Mm-hmm. I also thought the first time I saw this movie, I thought that Jack died for real. And they sunk the Black Pearl again. This is very Empire Strikes Back. This movie is Empire it. Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, everybody escapes to Tia Dalma's place. But before mm-hmm. that, we see that... David Jono opens the chest, and there is no heart. And then I was like, Sparrow! Curse Jack Sparrow! But then we see Norrington coming to Becca's office. I was like, uh, I don't have the compass, but I have this. And then we see that Norrington has the heart and gives it to Beckett. So now the East India Trading Company can control the seas and they can do whatever mm-hmm. they want. The last place see, they wanted the heart. And then we see Will and Elizabeth and the rest of the crew going to Tio Dalmas. And then they drink to honor Jack. And then Dalma says, will you do anything to bring him back? Will you sail to the end of the world to get him back in your precious pearl? Ah, yes. You're going to go to hunt the shores at war's end, title drop. You need a captain who knows those, those seas. And then we just hear, groom, groom, the steps. And we see, and we see Barbosa. They're going to tell me what happened to my ship. And we see the monkey going on top of him. As he takes a bite of a green apple as well. And first time seeing this, because he wanted to eat. Also in the first movie, he didn't get to eat. What a great reveal! Mm -hmm. No prompt, nothing. You need a captain. You don't know who's coming down those ships, and then you see everyone's shocked faces. Apparently, there was a um, rumor that they didn't know that it was going to be Barbosa, but in fact, they did know. And apparently Gore Verbinski shot a blank to get their shocked faces to see him back. Because, yeah, he's resurrected and stuff. And he's not even in the credits. No, he's not. He was really kept under surprise. This is how you do things. And this is why I hate, hate Variety and Deadline and all these fucking news outlets nowadays. Because back then, the internet was a lot different as well. And everything was done through word of mouth. I mean, you could still argue that it's still done that way, but a lot of the time it's, oh, it's based on reviews and stuff. But a lot of the times um, it was just people word of mouthing. And the, if you wanted spoilers, you had to go, like, you had to have really good internet. But, and those were like uh, AOL chat groups and shit like that. They did not show this reveal at all none of, not in the marketing nothing and they kept it under wraps until the film released it on interviews nothing it was completely under wraps Jeffrey Rush mm-hmm. was not there for anything it was a complete surprise it was like in the first Iron Man how Nick Fury um, we didn't know he showed up at the end and they didn't say oh this person's gonna be it nowadays it would have been like Jeffrey Rush is set to reprise his role in uh, Dead Man's Chest, and it would ruin the surprise. Or right now, like even the the surprising stuff that Deadpool was gonna show up, and Deadpool three. Now we know because of that fucking variety and deadline, we're leaking photos from. Yeah, the set. and I hate hate those sites with a passion now mm-hmm. because that ruins the surprise and the impact that those cameos have. Yeah. But it's it's the perfect way to set up a sequel as well, because we know this is a two-part story. Yes. And that's Dead Man's Chest. Uh, this is a... will sound like a broken record. This is a perfect sequel. This is a really good fucking movie. They, they up the ante, they up the special effects, the action looks fucking amazing. They introduced new uh, awesome characters that became fan favorites. Obviously, Davy Jones was the biggest uh, fan favorite. It's also doing that thing that a lot of good sequels do, up the ante of the of the first original movie, but still keeping like in the formula, but also upping the stakes and make it darker. Oh, for sure. I really like that a lot. It expands the universe in meaningful ways. 
it continues the story in a new compelling way. It expanded upon the themes, or in this case, introduced new themes. Uh, and it very much left an impact on the franchise. Whether they wa- it was intentional or not, everything, they couldn't stop talking about Davy Jones after this. Well, it's also because, like we talked in the first one, the first one didn't feel like it was planned for a franchise. So here, this is when we know something like, we need to expand the mythology. But you felt like, oh, it's only just a two-part story. Yeah. So they would make it a trilogy. And I would have been fine with that. <laughs> if the Pirates of the Caribbean, Demon Chess would have come on now, they would have said they're planning the Gibbs Disney Plus sequel TV show, this the Davy Jones prequel miniseries or whatever. To be fair, I would watch a Davy Jones uh, show. Yeah, but every time I say Davy Jones, I'm thinking of the singer from the Monkees. Oh, I thought you were talking about the theme from SpongeBob SquarePants. No, that's just the the Flying Dutchman. <laughs> yeah, I'm the Flying Dutchman. <laughs> I'll give this movie a ten. This is a really good movie. You know what? I'm gonna give this movie a ten. Nice. Everything about it is great. From well, granted, you could say the movie gets pretty convoluted towards the end of it, and it starts to drag a little bit, which it does. Yes, Gorbavinsky loves making these movies long as hell for some reason. It's not as dumb as The Lone Ranger, where that movie was way too long. Like, unnecessarily long. Here, it's more uh, a problem of pacing. But pacing is also one of the hardest things to do in a movie. And But everything else, everybody, Johnny Depp and Bill Nye in particular, give great performances. Production's amazing. The visual effects, oh my god, do they hold up. That's a rare thing to say for computer effects. And yeah, every I just love everything about this movie. To me, this is the best Pirates of the Caribbean movie. It will never be as good as this. I completely agree. So, as always, you can find me at RaulBetRDC on Twitter, Instagram, and on Letterboxd or Please follow the podcast on SYNS Pod on Twitter. And also, oh, sorry, SYNS Pod on X. And please give us a nice review. I'm not calling it X. <laughs> and. Fuck you, Elon. Yeah, I'm not um, calling it X. I'm not calling Facebook Meta. Oh, God. Either. Yeah. And also, please follow, give us a nice review on Apple, Spotify, and the other ones in Jubilee. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Master of Puns 196. Every word starts with a capital letter. You can also follow me on Instagram at Billy Batson's Lightning. Nothing is capitalized. And once again, you can give us a five star, or you can follow our main show Twitter at SYNS Pod as well as give us a five-star and just rate us on Apple Podcasts, as well as Google. Unfortunately, no longer Stitcher, because it's going to be gone at the end of uh, August. Uh, Rest in peace, Stitcher. But uh, Google, Spotify, SoundCloud, Spotify for podcasters, wherever podcasts can be listened to. And as always, see you next summer, matey.